Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. Episode 20, Minimalism and Frugality. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Hello, happy Frugal Friends Friday, if you're listening to this when it comes out. If not, happy any other day of the week. This is (laughs) Jen. This is Jill. And today we're talking about minimalism and its part in frugality. So you don't have to be a minimalist to be frugal, uh, but the two do pair well. It's like a fine wine and cheese. Mm. But you can also have cheese with beer. So just it doesn't have to be this way. But you might find that as you buy less and place less value on your stuff and things that you cultivate your own definition of minimalism. It's definitely not a one-size-fits-all. It comes in a lot of different shapes and sizes, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to explore what the internet has to say about minimalism. We're going to talk about what minimalism looks like in our lives, and hopefully you like it. Yeah, and know that you can have multiple types of cheese and wines and beers as a minimalist, so (laughs) we're not going to tell you not to do that. But first... Let's get into our sponsors. Let's do it. You know what will make you look real good at work? When you propose to your boss to start a podcast, and then you can tell him or her, you already know a pro podcast producer. Podcast Crafter does branding, custom soundtracks, full episode production, and even publishing. So you can head over to podcastcrafter.com to schedule a free one-on-one consultation and gun for that promotion at work. Mm. Nice. (laughs) Good word. Uh, And also, this episode is brought to you by Splitting Meals. Mm. Do you like to go out to eat but hate seeing the bill at the end of your dining? Take a friend. Split your meal. Furthermore, would you like to practice portion control and experience the frugal benefits of your clothes continuing to fit you year after year? (laughs) Split your meal. It's the original stomach-shrinking, wallet-preserving technique. Try it out. Meal splitting. Wow, I am going to try some of that meal splitting. (laughs) That sounds great. Yeah, it's a great sponsor and, and a great life hack. Wow, you 
I really believe we will see a 50% increase year over year by practicing meal splitting. (laughs) I really feel like that's a promise they can make. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Speaking of splitting your meals and only eating half, what if you only had half of the things that you own? That's right. We're talking about minimalism. I'm sorry for that really, really lame transition. No, I loved it. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, So we have found some articles from the internet that do a really good job explaining minimalism. And it's okay. (laughs) The second one's pretty funny. I don't know if you got the tongue-in-cheekness of it, Jill, but I lolled when I read it. So... But you'll have to stick around for the for the first half to get to the second half. Mm-hmm. It mm. is good. I mean, I do like both, but I, I yeah, I enjoy the humor of it also. So yeah, we'll get into so, it. If you're wondering what our first article is going to be, you don't have to guess because, of course, it's from the minimalists. They were not the first to do minimalism, but they definitely popularized it uh, with their documentary on Netflix. It's what got me thinking about like minimalism as a movement rather than just like trying to avoid becoming a hoarder. Mm. Uh, it kind of like gave a title to it, which is nice to have titles when you're trying to do something. I think a lot of us kind of try to avoid labels, but labels are helpful when you're trying to do something good. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is from the minimalist.com. It's called what is minimalism? And I, it's not a list like we normally go through, um, but it is a really good explainer. um, And it includes a lot of other thought leaders in minimalism. Mm. So you can really find a minimalism that suits your life. Like I know they're the stereotypical, like white dudes without kids that travel around the country and make minimalism look really unattainable. (laughs) Uh, But there are a bunch of other people doing this, um, you know, with kids, um, with jobs, traveling, car-free, with cars, you know, whatever. So I like that they kind of um, introduced you to a few different characters in the minimalist narrative. How are you, Jill? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really liked this article, and I liked how it was introduced, the topic was introduced. When I first started reading it, I, I was a little thrown off because they start to almost define what minimalism is, but they start to list, like, you must only have 100, 100 things or less. You cannot have a car or a home or a television. You aren't able to have children. You have to be able to start a blog. You got to come from a privileged background. And I'm like, wait a second, what? <laughs> like, took me a second. And I'm like, oh, they're joking. But then they tied that back into the fact that those are the very things that people will cite for their reason of having a lot and not even trying to simplify or be some version of a a minimalist. Mm -hmm. And, And I do see that so often. Like, 
you know, when we lived in our motor home, and I'm not saying that this is completely inaccurate, but so many people would be like, oh my word, we would totally do that if we didn't have kids. Oh, we would totally do X, Y, Z if we didn't have full-time jobs. And it's kind of like, well, no, y- you wouldn't because you didn't. And and also, <laughs> like, you also could make some aspects of this work in your life. So it's almost, it, it can be used as an excuse. So I kind of liked them calling that out on the table. Like, it doesn't have to look one way. And for that reason, anybody can have some version of minimalism. It doesn't matter what your lifestyle is. So that I appreciated that aspect of the article. Yeah. And something I tend to cite with minimalism is that it can help you afford higher quality things by buying fewer things. And I like that they call out that that's not the point. That kind of was like mm-hmm. a heart check for me. Mm. Um, but they're saying that that's not the point. The point is um, to actually realize like real freedom, like freedom mm-hmm. from stuff, freedom from even needing the higher quality things. Because sometimes I will justify buying a higher quality item by saying, oh, I will, I'll have this forever. I'll have Mm -hmm. this for a really long time. This is really good. Um, Sometimes without actually checking myself to say, do I need it? Like, Mm. yes, this is good for the environment or um, good for the long term, but like point blank, do I need it? Is it one of the things that I'm going to value, you know, for that long term? Or am I going to use it and sell it in, you know, five years? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I liked their quote that for them defines minimalism, and I would adopt this definition as well. So they said, minimalism is a tool to rid yourselves of life's excess in favor of focusing on what's important so you can find happiness, fulfillment, and freedom. So I I liked that kind of summary that, like you said, it's not just having less, it's just ridding ourselves of the excess. And for all of us, that will mean something different, but just having that above and beyond what we actually need, just getting rid of it because it, it does, it leads to freedom. It leads to more joy and fulfillment when there's not just clutter or unnecessary things in life that you have to take care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that quote too, because that's really what I feel like frugality is. And that's why I think frugality and minimalism go so well together because mm-hmm. the less you buy and the less you consume, um, which, you know, frugality is is essentially buying less and minimalism is consuming less. And uh, it it rids you of the mentality that buying more is producing happiness or mm-hmm. buying, like treating yourself equals mm-hmm. buying more and buying other things. Like mm-hmm. even if it's not tangible things, I still think you can relate it. Like I think of pedicures. I used to get pedicures like every other month and mm. not the cheap kind at the mall. Like I went full rock massage, paraffin wax. Like I went in there to get my legs like beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, it's not something you take home with you, but it's definitely something where you leave money there. And <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how those transactions go. <laughs> And it's, 
so that was one of life's excesses in my life mm. uh, that I cut down on. And so now I might do it twice a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did it in favor of focusing on what's important, mm-hmm. which was paying off our debt um, and becoming financially free uh, so that we could find that you know, fulfillment. And the minimalism like doesn't make me fulfilled. Frugality mm-hmm. does not make me fulfilled. Um, but it strips away all of the excess mm-hmm. so I can clearly see the things that are fulfilling me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, the excess has come in the form of, I guess, craft supplies or DIY things. And I'm not going to say that I don't have a small collection. I do. And and it usually does come in handy because I... I do projects. So it is nice to get things cheap, but I recognize that I started to have this problem where I'd be at a thrift store yard sale and just see fabric for really cheap. So I'm just going to buy it because it's cheap. (laughs) (laughs) And and I know I'll use it at some point. And I think that like that started to become a problem when I then had three bins full, like large plastic tubs full of fabric. And I thought to myself, okay, well this, now I see that I was just collecting fabric and not ever using it. So that defeats a whole purpose. And now I feel stressed that I have three large plastic bins of fabric that I have to like move around to get to things or move every time we move since that seems to happen like every 10 months. Um, so that that was, a, a for me, one of my maybe frugal fails or minimalism fails that well, I've had to a, kind of rein in. It's a fine line because, mm-hmm. you know, we want to be able to get good deals. Like just like we were saying in our DIY episode, like the for the home decor, you want to identify something that you really love and even if you may not have a use for it right now, if it's like on sale and a really good deal, like have the freedom to buy it and hold on to it for when you do need it. But then mm-hmm. you don't want to do that so often that you end up with three full bins that you haven't mm-hmm. used. Well, and that's the thing. I Sometimes, so I'll carry around a list of things that I'm looking for because I do want to be patient and find the best deal and the best item. So I'll have this running list of, okay, I'm looking for a lemon squeezer or a waffle iron or whatever, but I, I don't want to spend full price on it. And, and then it will often happen that even once I buy that thing, it's then still in my mind, oh, I need a lemon squeezer. Oh, I need I need <laughs> fabric or I need buttons. So then because I needed that thing for so long and, and I had been looking for it for so long, even though I got it already, I'll almost feel this urge to buy to buy it again. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> Usually with things that are like more quantity, you know, so, something like fabric. I don't know why I keep coming back to that. But, and, and so then I'll just start, then I'll get to the point of collecting it. And that's where when I know I've taken it too far or when it stresses me out that like, oh, should I buy this? I don't know. And when I start getting sweaty, for me, that's a sign. No, leave it behind. This is stressing mm-hmm. you out to think about owning this. Yeah. There's, there's got to be like a filter when you're buying things that even if it's like good quality and useful, mm-hmm. that you can just easily say like whether, oh, yes, I need this or like, no, I can just, I can leave this. So mm-hmm. if you find that filter, that would be great. Let us know. <laughs> just yeah, make our definitely. lives real easy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, I also liked that they told what minimalism had helped them do. Mm. So I don't, I don't love it when articles say like, this is theoretically what minimalism can help you do. But like, I prefer stories of like, so this is really what so-and-so like, this is what I did. This is how I changed from it. Um, And I think it's, it's going to be different for everyone. Well, obviously it's going to be different for everyone, but I trust somebody more that's had like real life experiences with it. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, so they were saying things like, Minimalism helped them like reclaim time, um, live in the moment, which I think is one of those things, one of those like filter things. Like if you can um, live like in the moment and not like in fear for like, oh, Mm -hmm. am I going to need this in the future? Oh, I could possibly use this. Like, I don't know what the future is going to hold, but like being more present in the moment and being like, actually, do I need this right now? Have I like suffered from not having this in the past, like Mm. a computer that took 40 minutes to start today. So we like started recording 40 (laughs) minutes. Like that's something I think I need in this moment. (laughs) Um, But, um, and yeah, and and in future moments. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, Help them pursue passions and discover their missions. So like, there's just so many things that minimalism like helped them do Mm. Uh, and I really appreciated it wasn't just it helped us get rid of our stuff because sometimes that's I mean we equate minimalism to decluttering Mm -hmm. yeah I I liked one of their realizations and I would say this is true for me too that minimalism helps to eliminate discontentment And I see that in my own life. And this kind of goes along with also being patient for things means that I'm sitting on the idea of having something for a while. So then I can be sure that when I come across that item that I really do want it. So an example of that is my birthday was two days ago. (laughs) What? what? Uh, And... I have been wanting, this sounds so silly, but I have been wanting this brass watering can from Target. Like it's not even a thing. It's it's not the specialty like item that, that you can water find anywhere. Yeah, just a, it's a really beautiful, beautiful watering can for flowers, watering your oh, like okay, indoor plants flowers. or something. Um, and so I, I have actually been wanting this. I've had my eyes on it for two years now. It's only $15. So this is where like you probably see a little bit of my craziness. But I just couldn't bring myself to buy it because I can water my plants with a cup. I don't need this special, beautiful watering can to do that. And so I got by. But the fact that I continued to want it, continued to see it and love it, I finally asked for it for my birthday. And Eric got it for me. So. So go him because he paid attention Yay. to what I wanted. And and when I told him that I've been wanting it for two years, he's like, what? Like, it's $15. Just, <laughs> you should have just bought it. And I'm like, no, because now that makes it special. And also, I know that you're listening to me. So good job. <laughs> <laughs> but then I knew that I wanted it. I know that I know that I find this thing beautiful and it's very special to me. So it is beautiful. It is functional. I could have watered my plants with other something else like a cup like I've been doing for years and years. Um, But yeah, I think that the patience of it has also instilled, okay, I really will want this. This will be meaningful to me, not just, Mm -hmm. okay, just throw the watering can in the cart. Who cares? There's, There's greater value in it for me now. 
Yeah. And you don't have to wait two years to cultivate <laughs> that. But, no. but yeah, no. I see what you're saying, like waiting and giving your time to reflect on it. Like, obviously, a beautiful watering can is not a necessity, but it's something that brings beauty to your life. And mm-hmm. that's totally like lovely. And that's a thing that you should do bring beauty, more beautiful things into your home and life, um, mm-hmm. just not at the expense of like cluttering it. So I do appreciate that waiting time. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and the fact that it was only $15, what a steal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you are um, interested in like minimalism and may have a different lifestyle than these dudes, they also at the end... Uh, link out to a few other minimalist bloggers mm. who have children um, or Courtney Carver who struggled with um, an autoimmune disease. Uh, so they have how different people interact with minimalism. And so they're definitely worth checking out. And uh, that's all on the article that will be linked to in our show notes. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. You ready to move on to uh, our second one, Jill? I'm ready. I was born ready. I love it. So this (laughs) one is from Reader's Digest. It is 12 things minimalists wish you would stop spending money on. And so I thought it was funny, but then I also thought it was like painfully true um, Mm -hmm. because 
I saw a few of the things in here that sometimes I buy and I think I try and rationalize to myself that they're necessary. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But they may not be. Um, and I've seen over the time in in seasons of my life where I have thought they were necessary and now I don't. Um, mm. I can see like why I should stop spending money on these. So if you spend any money on these 12 items, don't feel guilty. But uh, consider that maybe one day you will want to stop. <laughs> Start to consider that now. Start to consider not spending money on these things if you want to be more minimalist. Uh, the first one that I loved, and um, Jill and I were like side-eyeing when she was talking about craft supplies, uh, <laughs> is craft supplies. That is on this list. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what got me thinking about it. Yeah, because I used to do this too. Uh, my mom was an avid crafter. So growing up, it was always this different fad craft. Like, you know how every mm -hmm. few years a different fad craft comes up, especially Scrap for kids? Booking. Yes, Scrap so scrapbooking was a mm -hmm. big one. Um, and then my mom got super into quilting. Mm -hmm. I got super into crocheting. And I live in Florida, guys. I got into crocheting in Florida. It took me several years to figure out what a bad idea that was. And I, I will still never have a use these full things. of yarn that I can't part with. Oh, um, you could sell them to people up north, those sad people up north. <laughs> yeah, I... So I fully feel the weight of craft supplies. <laughs> I knew a woman also who... She was my mom's friend. And they had this really good-sized house in the spare room that could have been a spare bedroom for guests or an office. But it was a craft room packed to the brim with, like, quilting and scrapbooking and, oh, gosh, jewelry making. They were really into jewelry mm -hmm. making for a while, too. Like, it was just obnoxious, the tens of thousands of dollars that were sitting unused in this room. It yeah. made me want to die. And some people would look at that and say, oh, that's my dream. I, I want to have a craft room where, <laughs> where I want of nothing. Everything is there like it's a Joanne Fabrics. Uh, and so, okay. But you know that's you always you still want. want. <laughs> that's that's You'll true. You'll never want for nothing true. with <laughs> That's true. Uh, I don't know that I know this person, but I think maybe a contractor was working on a home that, that I know where they did a dedicated wrapping room, as in wrapping gifts. It was just a room to wrap gifts. Just wrapping paper, <laughs> tissue paper, bags. That's it. It was a wrapping room. Uh, that That's a little bit excess. Yeah. I mean, I have a wrapping room, but it's not for gifts. Mm, yes, a different <laughs> kind of wrapping. Different. I see where your head's at. <laughs> <laughs> Jill, awesome. what were your things on this list? So the first one was trendy clothing, which I definitely 
would agree with. Not not just clothing, but the trendy kind of clothing that is only going to be a fad for a little while. And I know that we talked about this in our clothing episode, but it did get me thinking again about capsule wardrobes. We were talking a little bit about this on our Frugal Friends community. Mm-hmm. Where for some people who are kind of pursuing this minimalist lifestyle, one of the first place that, places that they're starting with is their clothing. And usually when you want to head towards this minimalist lifestyle, you want to start with the places where you see the most excess. And so for some, that can be clothing. So it makes sense that that's where you'd start. But we do have some listeners who are legit doing the capsule wardrobe, and that always interests me so much. I'm so intrigued by people who can really make that work. And I think it's really great for people who live in the South and you don't have <laughs> all all the seasons to be experiencing and needing clothing for. But I did agree with that one, that you don't need all these clothing. And they, they talked about how Americans in general own, wear 20% of their clothing 80% of the time. And I would say that's true for myself too. I have my go-to shirts, my go-to cardigans, my go-to pants. And I often think, why not just have these things in my drawer and get rid of right. the rest of the things that I hardly am ever grabbing for? Yeah, I can totally resonate with that because I wear, even though I don't have a ton of clothing, I wear 20% of it, 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. And there are the things that I hold on to that I just love and don't get the opportunity to wear much, like nice dresses and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it's saying like, don't buy stuff like that. But I think if you have maybe half of your closet is nice dresses, I think you should probably like reevaluate mm-hmm. what you're going out and buying. I think mm-hmm. being honest with yourself about what you really wear It's kind of, I mean, it's learning more of yourself and being in tune to who you are, like on the inside. That's super (laughs) deep. Who am I? (laughs) But like just being honest with yourself and like, what do I wear? Like, are you in the office 40 hours a week? Like, don't pretend you're at the beach for 40 hours a week. Um, Have more, (laughs) right, right, have more office clothing than bathing suits. So just being realistic (laughs) with what your schedule is and making sure your closet fits that. That's true. That's a good word. Another one that really convicts me is single-use kitchen gadgets. Mm. I really I really fell to this when I got married because I'd had so few kitchen gadgets that I was like, it's my time. Get me all the kitchen gadgets. <laughs> so I got this like I got a bunch of, I registered for a bunch of things that I don't even use now. It's so disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought I would, I thought I was a chef when I registered for them. (laughs) And now I know my inner me, my inner me is not a chef. I hate having to pull out the Uh food processor. I will actively Uh avoid recipes that involve a food processor, even though I have one. 
We can often think that if I have that kitchen gadget, then I'm going to be a good cook. And it just doesn't happen that way. You have to first Mm -hmm. be a good cook with your one fork and one spoon and one spatula, and then you can buy the nice things, but not vice versa. Those kitchen gadgets are not going to make you something you aren't. Yeah. I've been able to figure out over the last few years, what are the kitchen gadgets that I do get a lot of use out of? Mm -hmm. So like we have a toaster oven because not only does it do toast like a toaster, but you can put other things into it. So that's multi-use. I use my blender much more than my food processor because it is a good blender. So it can actually like blend drier items. Mm -hmm. And then the instant pot, like we started... This is probably the best move I made when I got married, but we got a rice cooker that I didn't even register for. Somebody, a couple that had been married for a long time got us this rice, the three-in-one like steamer, crock pot and rice cooker. And so I had already had a rice cooker and a crock pot. So we were able to get rid of both of those and just use this three-in-one. And then the instant pots started becoming really popular and... So then we got one of those and we are able to get rid of this rice cooker and I still haven't done it. Um, Hashtag still working on it. Hashtag not perfect. (laughs) Yeah, it's a process. And that's great to figure out what works for you in the kitchen. For me, I got rid of my crock pot. I just didn't like anything that I was making in it. And to everybody else's disappointment, I just thought this is taking up way too much room. I don't want it. I don't need it. I don't like what it does for me. And I sold it for $5 at a yard sale. Um, but that's that's what I found works for me. And then there's other gadgets that I have that other people would never need, like a pastry cutter. But I use it. So I have it. <laughs> yeah, I would never use a pastry cutter uh, the other day, uh, my friend showed me this like bingo, like horoscope bingo, and it's supposed to be like super accurate to her horoscope. And hers was really accurate to hers, but mine, <laughs> mine said loves to bake and <laughs> a bunch of other things. I was like, this isn't me at all. Maybe, maybe it's true about you. It's just untapped. Maybe you'd have to really explore that and pursue that more to to know. Maybe you would love it. I also just, I'm so concerned about the carbs mm. every time I bake. And I'm not willing to go gluten-free. Do you have any kitchen gadgets that are super multi-use that you love? Honestly, it probably would be my blender. The blender okay. that I use actually has a lot of different attachments to it. So, or like a small blender, not not a mixer, but the, so it has like a chopper, a whisk, almost like a blender attachment to it. So I can do a lot of different things with this one gadget. I can chop up nuts with it. I can beat eggs. I can make milkshakes. Ooh. Yeah. So that, that I use. What and kind I of actually, blender do you have? What it's like, it's just like a, 
Cuisinart. I don't know how you pronounce that brand, but like a Cuisinart, hmm. like five in one, I think they call it. So you just like put different attachments on this handle. So I then got rid of my my blender that sits out on the counter and I just use this. Now it works for me because it's just Eric and I, when I'm, you know, making smoothies or milkshakes, I understand that for other people who are doing that a lot every day. They want their massive Vitamix. But for us and and the things that we do, this is better because it offers that variety, uh, but it is also smaller quantity. Okay. Yeah. I like it though. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. Oh, anything as seen on TV. Do you Mm -hmm. know, do you have any of those things, Jill, that I do not, do thankfully. <laughs> I don't think I do, okay. at least. <laughs> I think my mom has a couple of those. I don't seen think on I TV do things. either. My mom has a lot. She is notorious for, she doesn't buy them on TV, but she'll see them at Bed Bath & Beyond. And I think that's where uh-huh. most people get their as-seen-on-TV things That's my theory, is they Mm -hmm. see them in Bed Bath & Beyond. There or Walmart. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. And... And then they just take the opportunity to be be like, oh, I really wish I had bought that when I had seen it on TV. And then they get it. (laughs) And... um, And now's my chance. Yeah. And my mom had a shake weight for a while. She never used it. But it was in the house. And I almost tried to use it. (laughs) Oh, my... There's actually in a, in the mall by us there is an as seen on TV store. I've seen that. Like yeah. Dedicated to that brand. Mhm. Yeah, I guess it's like a, a QVC almost. So I think there's something where people trust it that if as seen on TV is pushing that product then it's a good one which I don't aspire to that line of thinking but well, they're so interesting. Like all of the as seen on TV stuff is, it seems pretty revolutionary. Like it's not your traditional like ways to cook food or lose weight or, or whatever. Um, so I think mm-hmm. people are intrigued by it, but I think you also have to realize like if it's not a tried and true method, there's probably a reason like why you haven't heard of mm-hmm. the shake weight before. Uh <laughs> in losing weight. But I can say there is one exception to this rule. Go ahead. The one exception is the magic bullet. Ah. Was that an as seen on TV product? Yeah. I had a magic bullet until my roommate broke it. Yeah. And I never got another one. But the magic bullet really was magical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had one of those too. And then the rubber and the bottom burnt out. All of a sudden when I was making things, I would smell this burnt rubber and then it gets super hot. So, Uh I mean, so yeah, like it worked, but for a year. So then really how much is that actually worth it? (laughs) Oh, that makes me feel bad. That means it was like a magic bullet thing and not my roommate. Yeah. Whoops. No, no, not your roommate. Oh, don't put that on her. I never told her or blamed her. I just, in my head, always thought, oh, she broke my magic bullet. But that just yeah. another thing, just another reason, don't buy as seen on TV things. <laughs> Even <laughs> the good ones go. burn out. It might ruin relationship with your roommate. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Jill? What else did you like? 
Uh, so square footage. I think mm-hmm. that this is also another area where we can think that we need more than we actually do. And this was became very clear to me when we lived in our motor home because we had the basics of what a home has to offer. But that was enough. I realized I'm not going to go and say, oh, it's more than enough space. That'd be ridiculous. No one would believe me. But it was all that we needed. It had a bedroom, a bathroom, a living room, and a kitchen. And and then I realized, yeah, because I'm just one person that only needs to be in one room at a time. So we don't need to have 10 rooms in our homes that we're not using. Well, there's no way to be exactly. there all at one time. So it was it, it was just enough for us. And then to find out that it's so freeing to have my four plates and my four knives and my four spoons and my two bowls. Mm-hmm. There was something very simple back to the basics about that lifestyle at, that I then have been able to carry into our living situation since then to know that I don't I don't need all this excess stuff and how amazing it felt to live in the motorhome not to mention the weight that it took off to not have to take care of extra things. Like when it came time to clean, that took a total of 30 minutes because I don't have a ton of bathrooms and a ton of other carpet and floors to vacuum and wash. There's there's then the freeing up of time and energy for other things that are more valuable when you don't have all this excess space and things to take care of. Yeah. People I know with kids want the more square footage because they feel kind of trapped by their children's running around. Uh, But there are a ton of families that are living full time in RVs uh, that have, you know, less than 300 square feet. And their solution is Mm -hmm. to go outside. That's what they all say. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't think and that that works again for yeah. people in the south. Mhm. And I get that cabin fever is real up here in the north. So yes, figure out what you need for your kids to be able to have fun. That could just mean having a basement cuz we have those up here. Mm-hmm. Uh but something else that I've learned from some of my friends with children as far as clutter goes when you have children is to rotate their toys. So rather than buying new all the time or having all of their toys out, but yet they have nothing to play with and they're bored, to have 10 of their toys out and the other 150 of their toys in the basement or don't have an extra 150. And then every (laughs) month, rotate them. Put away some of the toys that maybe they're, they're not playing with as much. Bring out some new ones. And then it's fresh and it's new for them. Helps their imagination and their creativity and, and not to feel so bored, even though you had the toy all along. It just wasn't in front of mm-hmm. them. And so that has helped friends of mine to feel like, okay, we actually have our space. It's not plastic everywhere, things making noise, me stepping on stuff. Yeah, I know par- a lot of parents I don't do know. That. It may be easier said than done, but that's my plan if I ever have kids. Yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just give my kids boxes, the boxes of the things that my stuff came in. <laughs> Seriously. 
Eric always says, our kids are never having toys. He's like, "Um, maybe I'll make them something out of wood. Otherwise, they're playing outside. They're playing with buttons. That's that. Don't let them play with buttons. (laughs) Well, we'll see. (laughs) I hear that there's this thing called loving your children and (laughs) wanting to give them nice things. I don't know. I can't say that I've felt that. Uh, But I don't have children, so I don't know. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Anything else for this one? Not on this one, which Mm. I think means that it's that special time of the week. It is. It's a special, special (gasps) time, I think. It's time for the The Bell Bell of the Week. time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Hey there, Frugal friends. This is MK Williams. I'm calling today with a Flashback Friday themed Bill of the Week as this podcast comes out on Fridays. So because the Bill of the Week is all about bills of all different kinds, I wanted to have us all think back to a time when four strong, independent women called out their scrub boyfriends for using their credit cards, using their minutes on their cell phone and the Internet, and just generally being no good mooches. So ladies, remember, can you pay my bills? Can you pay my telephone bills? Can you pay my automobiles? If you did, then maybe we could chill. I don't think you do. So you and me are through. You've got a scrub in your life. Play him. Build, build, build. And tell him to get gone. Thanks, guys. Bye. Oh, my goodness. That is making it to the top of the list for one of our best bill of the weeks. That's amazing. That's some creativity. Uh, That's some throwback genius. Spoken word art. Thank you, MK. That is that's my life song now. Officially, that is my life friend. You are. Yes. Can you pay my automobile bills? Mm, I'm gonna have to go listen to that song now. (laughs) You pay my automobiles. Just the way that they didn't say automobile bills. Yeah. They're like word pioneers. Mm-hmm. Mm. We you, get to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Yeah. And thank you, MK. That was <sighs> that was a real good one. So we hope that MK has inspired you to play some old school Beyonce when you're done listening to this podcast. Because <laughs> she has inspired us. <laughs> Oh, amazing. Yes. If you want to submit your bill of the week, visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill and you can record it right on our website and we will get it and we will feature you and talk about you and listen to you. Who else is going to do that for you? Right. We're going to play you on this podcast and make (laughs) you famous. Just kidding. Do it. Bill of the week. 
I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features, but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y.com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. All right. So we have the Frugal Friends community group on Facebook. And so the second half of the episode, we like to give our personal stories and the stories of people from our group because we always like to see how everybody else is living this frugal life um, and whatever topic Mm -hmm. we're bringing. So personally... I'm a minimalist living with a man who stops to inspect abandoned toilets on the side of the road. Um, I mentioned this to you earlier, Jill, but I didn't mention the magnitude Mm. of it. He literally (laughs) stopped on the side of the road um, because there was a toilet and he was like, maybe I could have this toilet. Maybe I could take it home. And (laughs) thankfully it was scuffed up and marked up and he was like, "Mm, I won't take this toilet. I will just take the toilet seat. (laughs) That's the one thing you absolutely get rid of if you are getting a used toilet. (laughs) But Jill, we had a broken toilet seat, and guess where that abandoned toilet seat is now? So, so I live with a man who will pick up anything on the side of the road. Literally anything. Yeah. That... Wow. So how how do those two forces uh, meet? Well, so what, how do you, you guys think navigate that? It that? Would be, we would butt heads a lot. And we do butt heads. But I mean, I did mention we did need a, do, a new toilet seat um, because mm-hmm. the other one was like a cheap plastic one that we were given. And 
when our last toilet seat broke too. I don't know what it is with toilet seats. We should probably start a diet. (laughs) And we needed one. So we got one uh, from this. So he does pick up useful things. um, But then the minimalist in me wants to live in the moment and not think about what we could need in the future. Just being content with what we have historically needed and presently need. Uh, So he has a lot of things that I can't see any historical need for or present need for. And Mm. those are the things that kind of get under my skin. But we found this balance where Mm -hmm. I kind of let him have his space in the garage and he lets me have the other 1,200 square feet and yes. that is how we function. It works out in the long run. Yeah. <laughs> there have been some things where I have been shocked that, that I have not um, anticipated a need for, but he has been able to use on certain occasions. So I am learning that having stuff doesn't necessarily mean you are hoarding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we are not the typical minimalists by any stretch. Uh, I mean, we have a lot of chairs in our house. So, but I still consider us to be uh, pretty minimal just mm-hmm. from what we, just from how much we consume and how we consume it. We try right. uh, to buy used as often as possible and we try to be continuously purging things that we don't see a need for anymore. Mm, yeah. That's good. To have that be a common thing that you're doing, not just, Mm -hmm. oh, that one time when I purge, to constantly be evaluating, do I still need this? Does this still serve a purpose to me? Do I still find this beautiful? Yeah, it is definitely something that is constant. You don't decide one day you're going to be a minimalist. Oh, that reminds me when I was doing research for this episode, there was a YouTube video of a girl and it said, I tried minimalism for a week. And I was like, how do you try minimalism for a week? Do you get rid of all your stuff <laughs> yeah. and put it in storage and, and live with two chairs? Do you just stop buying stuff for a week? Because that's not minimalism. Like, I didn't even watch the video because it sounded so stupid. <laughs> like, how do you try minimalism for a week? It's not something you just do once. Yeah. And then try it's for not a like week. something for the weekend. It's not like the no, like vacation it's plan. Like, it's not like that. It's a continual journey and something yeah. you reevaluate constantly. Exactly. Yeah. So for me, I probably wouldn't necessarily call myself a minimalist, although it does go there's a lot of similarities between simple living. I'd probably more so use that term. It feels more comfortable for me. (laughs) But uh, some people might say that, yeah, I have minimal things. Maybe I'm aspiring minimalist. But I have realized that the state of my bedroom is a direct reflection of like my, my mental and emotional status. So for me, like the two go hand in hand. So simplifying my space where I rest and relax, whether that's my bedroom or my living room, I experience greater peace and freedom. So that then has propelled me to not have a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I can still be messy with the things that I have. And so that's like another conversation about like cleaning and and having that help to free up some emotional space for me. But that was one thing just throughout my life that has propelled me to not collect a lot is the fact that when I when I do have a lot and there's more to have clutter with, then it is it's it's not good for me emotionally or mentally. But like along this, these lines, I kind of want to pick your brain on this, Jen. I think one of the biggest critiques that at least I've received of minimalism or simple living is th- that I, I can often be seen as unsentimental. And my mom gives me a really hard time about Ditto. this because I didn't keep all of my wedding cards. You know, people gave me people gave me wedding cards at my wedding, you know, congratulations, 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 congratulations. I took the money out of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I did actually hang up the cards like around the ceiling on like cute twine and little, um, little clothing clips, but, or yeah, clothing pins. What do they call those? Yeah. And, and so that was fun for, you know, the first couple of months of marriage. But then after that, I'm like, okay, I'm done with this. I Mm want to get rid of it. And so I threw them all away and she was shocked. And then there's just a lot of things that I just don't keep. And she's like, well, you're not going to be able to look back on it. And I don't know. And I think maybe this is for some people, they think that they can't be a minimalist if they are sentimental. So what do you think about that? Well, I think there are seasons for sentiment. And my mm. mom does the same thing to me because um, she has, she keeps so many things. And when she downsized last year um, from a, you know, a two bedroom house to an almost studio apartment, there were a lot of things that, you know, she could not get rid of. And mm-hmm. she is, I mean, she's living in pretty tight quarters in this apartment and, And I will say, so two things. The first, going back to what you were saying about your bedroom, studies have shown that people who have a clean space and who clean regularly are healthier. I will, I prioritize my, my health over sentiment. Like, and then the second reason is there are seasons for sentiment. Like, yes, hanging your cards for a few months after your wedding is a, you know, is a brilliant way to embrace the new season of your life. Um, but very quickly you move into a new season and you shouldn't mm-hmm. bring that baggage along with you. Because uh, essentially, once the season has passed, then all of that is just baggage. It's all stuff that goes into a box and gets moved with you from place to place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. so... I think that you should embrace the sentiment in its season. Um, And then this is kind of something I learned from the Kanmari method. Thank it for what it's done for you in that season (laughs) and then send it on to its next uh, purpose, which is the garbage can. (laughs) The garbage can. Yeah. Or kindling for a fire. Or kindling for a fire that produces uh, another memory uh, in a new season. But yeah, so it's definitely... (laughs) Yeah, like I roasted marshmallows. I prioritize my health and my sanity in the present moment more mm-hmm. than um, a moment of deja vu I will get in 10 years from opening up a mm-hmm. box. And I think that technology helps us so much with this, that Mm -hmm. if somebody is very sentimental and would want to keep that thing, but they also want the freedom of not having a lot of things, taking pictures of it, like 
me taking a picture of something I made when I was five years old, I'll get the same amount of sentiment from just looking at what I wrote or what I drew on a picture on my computer than I will like with the tangible thing Mm -hmm. in my hand. And I'm not saying throw everything away. I do have one small little shoebox of um, sentimental things between Eric and I. That's mm-hmm. it. If it doesn't fit in the shoebox, then like so I get rid of something in it or <laughs> or I don't keep it. <laughs> yeah. But so I do keep some things because it's nice to look back on like meaningful notes and whatever. But beyond that, I, I just don't need it. And plus, I'm not the one, this is weird to me, like I'm not the one who's sentimental about what I did when I was five. My mom is. So right. that's where I kind of think- yep. She should keep it. I don't need my ornament when I was one. That was meaningful to her. I'm glad I grew up. She's not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, I have a tub. So it's like my, um, my dad died and my mom moved out of our house. So now we have more space. So I have a little bit more just because if I don't have it, it's not going to be anywhere else. Um, But I essentially will say, like, if I can't look at it all in one sitting, then I don't mm. need to have it. And that, for me, is like one of those large plastic tubs. Um, yeah. If it can't fit in one of those, then I'm not going to have time to go through it. And and then it's not obviously not sentimental enough for me to warrant keeping it. Right. Because if it's important enough to keep and look back on, I want to be able to do that. Right. That's a good one. Yeah. Can you do it in one sitting? Mm Because how often are you going to find like two sittings to go through that right in a row? Right. And it makes the things that I keep that much more uh, important. Mm -hmm. Just like the the watering pot. Like that was so important to you when you got it because of how long you waited. The things Mm -hmm. that I keep are so much more important because I will actually look at it, you know, one time a year when we're putting our Christmas ornaments away. Right. Or make your sentimental things into artwork or pieces that are functional for you. So whether that's, you know, putting them under a glass tray that is then your, your sits on your coffee table or is your coffee table or putting them into a shadow box or a picture frame that gets hung on your wall. You know, if, if they are meaningful to you and you want to look back on them, then figure out a way where you can see them often and be reminded yeah. of it rather than that box and the attic that you might get to in five years. What good is that? Yeah. Like don't pretend, don't pretend that everything hold sentimental value because really at some point it just becomes sentimental weight. Um, Mm -hmm. And it, you know, it doesn't lose sentiment, but there is a point where it transfers from being like healthy uh, to just being a weight around your neck. And I see that really closely um, in my family. And I, even one of our, um, our frugal friends group members, she shared the same like feeling. Her mom was a borderline hoarder and uh, she she's, you know, dealing with that now and that's kind of inspiring her minimalism. Mm, um, yeah. But yeah, we had a few other uh, sentiments that were really great that I wanted to share. The first was from Maria um, and she said, I feel 
the shift to this mindset of minimalism for me has been directly related to frugal and intentional living, especially over the last five years. I've realized I don't need a whole lot to live a satisfying life. That's kind of exactly mm. what I have been feeling too. Um, I really share that. Yeah. Uh, we also had another listener and Facebook community group member respond. Bronwyn says, right now my focus is in it is disconnecting from consumer culture so that I have only what I really need. I'm still trying to find a balance between not having too much and still having enough. Isn't that the and struggle? I think, yeah, that is the thing is, is figuring out that fine line and especially for you individually. But I also like hearing people's whys behind minimalism too. Mm -hmm. And so for, for Bronwyn, it was disconnecting from consumer culture, which right now really is almost a throwaway culture too. A yeah. throwaway culture and a, I need, I need, I need, I deserve, I deserve, I deserve. And, and then not to mention what that's doing for other countries, economies, and the way that we are using labor and taking advantage of other people and perpetuating awful working environments. Like that, that's a whole other rabbit trail that we could go down. But I do like one of the effects of minimalism is having more sustainable things and caring about other people's working environments and whether or not what we're doing and using is sustainable and are we being kind to one another. There's there's a lot of really good value systems that come into play with this kind of mindset um, and has led people to use more sustainable things, think about what they're doing in their consumerism. So, yeah, I, I think I, I like all the different whys and hearing from people what their focus is on this topic. Yeah. I also loved um, what Emily had to say. She said it started with fitness, uh, which then led to simple and clean eating, which led to simple mm. living. Um, and then, i.e. minimalism, which led to financial simplicity and cleaning up debt and spending habits. And which is just another reason yeah. why that video was so like infuriating to me. Like you can't practice minimalism for a week. Like that just doesn't make sense. <laughs> Things snowball uh, with anything that you do, with any uh, lasting or good change. It starts small with maybe just a wanting to become healthier or uh, to become more financially stable. And as you learn and grow, it trickles into other parts of your life. Mm, yeah, that's awesome. I really appreciate hearing from other people in our Facebook community group. So keep up the good work and join us over there too, if you yes. want to be a part of the conversation. Uh, but also, in addition to all these fun things that we have going on, we also have a book club. Yes. Have you joined? Have you joined the Frugal Friends book club? I've joined. So this month we're going through The Year of Less by Kate Flanders. We have a thread in our Facebook uh, Frugal Friends community group where we're talking about all of our frugal reading. So if you haven't joined, head over to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash group and you can jump in and read along with us. Join in on the dialogue. It's going to be good. It's going to be so fun. Our most popular post in the group 
um, was what are you reading? And so that is the thread that has just kept on giving. So now we're having a monthly thread. So even if you're not reading The Year of Less with us, please hop in the group and um, share whatever wisdom you're getting from whatever you're reading this month. We would love Mm -hmm. to hear about it. And take suggestions for future book club books. Um, Speaking of that, get out your library cards because uh, October's book is... Your Money or Your Life by Vicki Robin and Joe Dominguez. And that is um, a great personal finance book that really focuses on frugality. Uh, and if you want a copy and you don't want to get it from the library, you want to keep it with you forever, we are giving them away. So just like we did last month uh, with The Year of Less, we're doing it again with Your Money or Your Life. For every five reviews we get this month, we will give away one copy of the book, and we don't have any limit. Uh, So to enter... Uh, Leave us a review on whatever device you're listening to this podcast on and screenshot it. Uh, You may have to do it before you send it, but I see a lot of people have done it after it populates. Um, And then send the screenshot to frugalfriendspodcast at gmail.com. And we will select the winners for this book at the end of the day, September 30th. And if you want an example of how to leave a good review... I'm going to give you that. Ooh, I love review time. They're so good. This review is from Kai Browse. It's titled, Not Just About Frugality. I love podcasts, minimalism, the journey to being completely debt-free, and a good sense of humor. These two are rocking my favorite things. Yes. I love to rock your favorite things. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Let me rock them. I actually am seeing a lot of people doing favorite things Friday on Facebook. I don't know. People are just coming up with their own stuff. <laughs> and I thought to myself, well, we do frugal friends on Fridays. And then and that is one of my favorites. Things. Yeah. So I'm glad to be bringing you one of your favorite things on a frugal friends Friday. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Kai Browse. Yes. Oh, guys, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you need more friends that stay home on Friday night and are in bed by nine, hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this episode, and we will come at you every Friday with more frugal goodness. Until then, see you next week. See you next week. Frugal Friends is produced, edited, and mixed by Eric Siriani. Um, but for the record, I am not in bed by nine. I'm in bed by You don't by have nine. to be lame to be a frugal friend. So, But you can be lame and still be my you friend. Can be lame. You can be lame. <laughs> we'll be lame together. I just want people to know that normally I'm out till 11. <laughs> uh, Jill wants everyone to know that she's really cool. <laughs> so tell your friends. <laughs> if you're out to 11 like me, I'll be your friend. Jen will be your friend in bed sleeping. <laughs> nice. Yeesh. Oh, God bless Eric. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. 
Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.